Okay, welcome everyone. Thanks everyone for coming. We begin our Shuram on Seder, Sefer Devarim. But uh, of course, Sefer Devarim is the parasha before Tishabov. So that's what we're going to speak about this evening. We'd once again like to thank the Zakheim family. I want to thank Dr. Zakheim for sponsoring uh, Sefer Devarim. Lila Nishmas, Rav Shlema, Eliezer, Ben Harav Yaakov, whose yard site is approaching. For his whole family, for the whole mishpacha, children, grandchildren, and tonight's shir is sponsored by Eliezer Jacobowitz as chutz for shidduch for Mordechai Yecheskel ben Necha Devoira. Also sponsored by Rabbi Yoel Klugman for shidduch for Shoshana Blima Bas Miriam. And the um, Baal should send them all their Zivog Hagon, Bekarov Mamash. Okay, are you able to hear me on that? Yeah? Okay. Welcome everyone. Bruch Laban. Tishabav. So Tishabav, if you're a grump and a grouch, it's a very wonderful day. <laughs> and uh, the Shulchan Aruch says in Simtav Kuf Nandalid, Ein Sheilas Shalom Lechaver B'Tishabav. You don't greet your friend on Tishabav. I know people, they're makbid on this the whole year. Because, you know, they, they might not remember when Tishabov is. But on Tishabov, you don't creep your friend. And what about regular people? The head regular people. And they come into Shul, they say, Vasmastir, what are you doing? What's going on? What's, what's flying? What's hanging? And uh, so what do you say? You you respond to them in a muffle. You know, you, you mumble to them. And uh, basically, you're, you're, you're intimating, you know, we can't really do this on Tisha B'av. Says the Mishnah can you wish your friend good morning on Tisha B'av? No, you can't even say good morning. Um, I once saw that you're allowed to say Mazel Tov to somebody because that's not a greeting. It's a, it's a bracha. And says the Mishnah let's say an Amoretz comes over to you. So if the Amaretz comes over to you, uh, you tell them, look, you know, today we don't greet each other today. It's not that kind of thing. And you explain to them, otherwise you don't want to create any animosity between you and the Amaretz. Fine. So Tisha B'av is a day that we don't greet, we're not friendly, we're grouchy, and we're grumpy. So for all you uh, grouchy people out there, you have a day to look forward to. What else do we not do on Tisha B'av? We know we don't learn on Tisha B'av. Also, I know people who are Makhbit on this the whole year. But the... It's a good audience tonight. So, um, we don't learn on Tisha B'av. The Mechaber says, Simen Tavkov Nandalet, you know how to read Chumash, Nevi'im, Ksuvim, Mishnah, Medrash, Halacha, Agada, because it says, Pikude Hashem Yesharim Mesamche Lev. And... The children, they don't go to yeshiva. So some people actually look forward to Tisha B'av. Children don't go to yeshiva. But what do you have to learn? You have to learn the sad subjects of Eoiv and Yirmiyah. And if there are any uh, happy psukim, you skip them. So we're not friendly on Tisha B'av, and we don't learn on Tisha B'av. It seems to be counterintuitive. After all, why was the Beis HaMikdash destroyed? It was destroyed because of sinaschina, baseless hatred. People were unfriendly and couldn't get along with each other. So what do we do? Rebarashlam, if you thought we were miserable to each other until now, wait till you see us, how bad we are on Tishabav. Look how miserable we are being on Tishabav. Here a guy could come into shul. It's so nice to see you. You know? You really give them the cold shoulder. So here it is. It's the day that we're commemorating the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash because of Sinas uh, Chinam, so the Chachamim instituted the single most compelling and powerful practice of Sinas Chinam, don't say hello to anybody, don't greet anybody, and ignore your fellow man. You know? Well, that would, if anything, I would have expected, Shulchan Aruch says, everyone should, right, uh, right before Bar Shomar, should go over to everyone in the show, Shom Aleichem, how you doing, Vos Machzer, they should be misaking, you should greet each other on Tishbab. No. You're not allowed to say hello to your friend on Tisha B'av. 
It's uh, counterintuitive. What else? Why else was the base of Megdash destroyed? The Navi Yirmiyah says, Al Azvam es Tairasi. They forsook Taira. So you say, Rebbein Shalom. If you think we forsook Taira until now, wait till you see how bad we are in Tishabav. Watch this. Tishabav, we spend the whole day watching one movie after another. Right? For weeks and weeks and weeks. Advertisements of all the different videos that you're mechuyev to watch. Until whether you're even allowed to watch any of them, ask your local Orthodox rabbi if they have anything at all to do with Chorban Beis Hamikdash. I don't know. You know what happened to sitting on the floor crying for the temple? Nowadays, the mitzvah, the mitzvah hayoyim is watching movies on Tisha B'Av. That's so. Here it is. Uh, the basic mitzvah is because we don't learn. So what do we do? Tisha B'Av. We don't learn. So we, we're, we're miserable to each other and we don't learn. We make sure to magnify and aggrandize the two biggest sins that destroy the temple. What's going on over here asks Rav Mordechai Jeruk in the Sefer Darash Mordechai. Why was the first base of Megdash destroyed? The three biggies, Avaydazara, Gilearayas, Shvichazavid. The uh, Beis HaMikdash was destroyed because of the three cardinal sins. Avodah Giliarayos, Shvichas Damim. That's interesting. That's what the Gemara says, right? The Gemara Numa. On the other hand, the, the Navi, Yermiah, the prophet Jeremiah, tells us that why was the first Beis HaMikdash destroyed? The Navi says like this, Who's the man who understands this? When do we read that? That's the reading for Tishba, right? So, who is the man who is wise, who understands this, that spoke, and who could relay the following matter? Why was the land destroyed? And Vayohimer Hashem, Allah's vomes Tyrosi, Asher Nasati, Lefnehem. God says, You know why the basement is destroyed? Because they forsook the Torah. V'loy shamu they didn't listen to my voice. Says the Gemara Nadarim, this matter was a great mystery. Nobody could understand, nobody could explain. Why was the basement just destroyed? They asked the Chachamim, they said, well, I don't know, beats me. They asked the prophets, the prophet said, Nah, no, no clue. They asked the heavenly angels. Heavenly angel says, I don't know. They had to ask the Rebunisham. And the Rebunisham said, Oh, you know why? They forsook the Torah. What does that mean they forsook the Torah? They woke up in the morning and they said, followed by Asher Yatsar, followed by Elay Nikai Neshama, followed by Asher Nasan, Lasach Vivina, Lahabchim Ben Yom Ben Loila, and they skipped Birchasat Torah. They didn't make a Birchasat Torah. So there's a question here. Why was the first temple destroyed? The Gemara says they went around shooting people, batting down to images of Buddha, and committing adultery. They violated the big three. And the uh, Gemara Nadarim says, no, they didn't make Bichas Atar. Now that's a big discrepancy. One Gemara says they're mass murderers, and the other Gemara says they, they skipped the bracha and the siddur. Yeah. So yeah, that, it would so seem that... Post. It was, it was post, huh? Yeah. So, good point. So how could the Gemara say that they, they basically destroyed because uh, they didn't make Berchus Atar, Berchus Atar came later. So, if you look in the, uh, actually, my, uh, I, have, I have a bar mitzvah tonight. Uh, my nephew, Naftali Hertzka, Hertzka Pinter. <coughs> and it's in Lakewood. And I could have missed two Wednesday nights in a row. And I also, by the way, if anyone's doing Dafa Shavua, we, we missed Dafa Shavua, so we're doing that at 10 o'clock tonight. So I'm here at the Shir against, uh, you know, I have family that's, uh, you know, they would have liked me to be there. But at least I'll say over Shagasariye. You know, there's a Minogiso you say over Shagasariye at a Bar Mitzvah. The, 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 the joke is, Eliyoh Navi comes to every bris, and the Shagasariye comes to every Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> because, you know, every Bar Mitzvah Shadal has a Shagas Arya. Anyway, so the Shagas Arya says that Berchas HaToyrah is the Eraisa. And the Gemara and Brachos darshans it from a Pasuk, Kishem Hashem Ekra, Havu Goydel Elokeinu. So even though 
Um, you're right. I'm sorry. What, what's your what's this gentleman's name? Rabbi Yitzchak is saying that the Anshin Knesset formulated Berachas HaToyra. Nevertheless, in principle, it is biblical, which means that before the Anshin Knesset came along, everyone was obligated to say some form of Berachas HaToyra. So, according to the Gemara Nadarim, the sin of on the times of the first base of Migdash was they did not make Berachas HaToyra. So, what was it? Was it they violated the big three, or they didn't make Berachas HaToyra? Okay, Rabbi Sai, fasten your seatbelts. And we are going to read now one of the Gemaras of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, which everybody, every year, everybody reads the Gemara Kamsa Bar Kamsa, but they do the first ten lines, and then that's as far as many people get. And then next year, again, they review the same story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa. And you know, everyone knows Kamsa Bar Kamsa. The next two blot after that, that's a different story. So there's actually, the Gemara says Kamsa Bar Kamsa precipitated the Chorban, but that wasn't the final blow. The final blow was the following story in Gitin, Nun Chesam and Aleph. We were just Zoycha, Lumir, Rab Dov was with us, to stand at the kever of Rab Tzadik HaKoyin of Lublin. In Lublin, we're standing there waiting for the guy to open up Rab Tzadik's kever. So we said over that there's a great principle in Shas, that wherever Naganat HaGemar appears, it's related to that particular Masechta. So we're, in which Masechta is the Gemara about the Chorben? And Gitin, because Hashem destroying the Beis HaMikdash was, so to speak, Hashem parting for us, like the concept of a get. Be it as it may, the Gemara says the following story. What was the Makkah Patish? There was a student, an apprentice, who learned by a carpenter. And he had his eyes on his master's wife. And the master was in a bind, and he needed, uh, the master needed to borrow money. So he turns to his student, he says, Can I borrow a hundred dollars? He said, no problem, just send your wife to me. I'll be happy to send it to you through her. So the guy sends his wife, and the Gemara says, he spent three days being mezana with his master's wife. Three days later, the master comes back, he says, where did my wife go? He said, I don't know, I sent her back right away. I heard on the way home, she was fooling around. He said, Oy vay. She said, well, what should I do? He said, if I were you, if you listen to me, I would divorce her right away. Really? Thank you so much for the good advice. He divorced her right away, and he, the student then married her right away. In the meantime, he owes his student money. He wasn't able to pay back. The student says, no problem. Now you're going to be my Evid. And the Gemara says, the student and the former wife of the master were sitting on the table, joking around, enjoying each other's company, while the former husband was serving them, crying bitter tears, and his tears went in their cup. And at that moment, Hashem was gozer the chosen base of Now, how come I never heard that? You think in yeshiva, they're gonna, they, they prefer to tell you the story of Kamsa by Kamsa. They can, tell you, they can tell you this story? This is not a, you know... That's not going to go over. They tell you there was a party and there was a guy, Kamsa, and another guy who had an, another name that sounded like that and they kicked him out of the party. But that's not the story. That's not what happens. That's the beginning of the story. That's not, not the Makkah Patish. Then you have to actually learn the next page and the next page says this is the story. Frakt Rabbi Yaakov What did the guy do wrong? What did the student do wrong? He was mezaneh with an Eshazish. No, the Gemara doesn't say that when he was mezaneh with her, Hashem was going to the Chorban. The Gemara doesn't say that. At that point in time, there was no impending punishment on the Jewish people. So this guy is obviously a bad, a bad guy, and he's a Russia for living with a married woman. But that is not what caused the Chorban. What caused the Chorban is him and her sitting on the table, and the servant, the, the master serving them. And so, what exactly? What what did they do wrong? He told her to. He told him to divorce her, which he needed to do anyway because she was Mazana, so she's a Saita. So he did need to divorce her, and then he married her. What's wrong? He married her. That's so. What Avera was performed over here? Says Rabbi, Rabbi Yaakov Emden. From this Gemara, we learn a frightening concept: that the worst sin in the Torah is not written in the Torah. There is an Avera that is so severe, it's worse than all 613 mitzvahs. Well, what's the Avera? The Avera is, don't be a from 
hypocrite. I asked the Shaila, I don't even want to say this word, and I'm not going to. But I asked the question, can I say it? This is the reason why I want to say this word is this is the best way to say it. Don't be a J-E-R-K. That is the biggest sin in the Torah. Don't be a religious J-E-R-K. A from a from J-E-R-K. Don't make believe you're a frummy, self-righteous, with a lange bard and a lange reckle, and you're going to be makbid on all your chumas and mow down anyone in your way and mess over anyone in your way. You're going to park, you're going to triple park your car on 13th Avenue and block 500 cars behind you so you could buy your non-gabrofs Pesach uh, products. What do you mean? This is my, my, my Messiah. Yeah, your Messiah is to ruin everybody else's day. At the cost of everybody else, you're going to be makbid on your chumrah. The biggest sin in the Torah is don't be a righteous hypocrite. It's worse than murder. It's worse than adultery. And it's worse than idolatry. God says, you want to commit adultery? No problem. Go. You want to murder people? Go do it. Don't make believe you're doing it as a frummy. That this guy, he said you should. He was very makbid. He wouldn't touch her until she got a get from the guy. As if everything he's doing is beheter. He asked his rav. He found. He found according to the mission, according to all the poskim, exactly what he's doing is mutter. And then he's gonna mess over everybody in his in his way. That's the biggest sin in the Torah, to be a frum hypocrite. Anybody know the name of Sefer Bereshis? Sefer Habria, Sefer Hayatsira, and in the Navi it is called Sefer Hayasha. Sefer Hayasha. In Sefer Yehoshua it says, Haloihi Kesuva al Sefer Hayasha. Behold, it's written in the Book of the Just. In Shmuel it says, Lelamid Bnei Yehuda Keshes Hine Kesuva al Sefer Hayasha. By the way, why is it called Sefer Hayashar? Says the Gemara in Avodah Zarah, Chafhei, Rabbi Yochanan says, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov were called Yisharim. Really? Why don't we call them Tzadikim, Chasidim, Tamide Chachamim? No. They were all of that. But you know what their greatest title was? They were straight. That's it. Imagine, with all the things that we could say about a God of Israel, he's a Goin, he's a Lamdin, he's a Tzaddik, he's a Baal Chesed, that's not the greatest title. The greatest title is to be a Yashar. What did Bilam say? Bilam said, Tamois Nafshi Mois Yasharim. I want to die like the Yasharim. Says the uh, Nitziv. In Parshas Hazinu, we say God is a Yashar. Hatsur Hamim pa'alai kichal derachav mishpat kel emuna v'yinavat sadik v'yasher. God is straight. Why do we say God is straight? Because we're saying He doesn't tolerate dar ikeshu fasalto. He doesn't tolerate shenanigans. You want to be a Russia? Because God has no problem with Rasham. He could deal with wicked people. You want to commit sin? Don't say, I heard the rabbi said, no. That's a, what we call in Yiddish, a hal You want to sin? That's a, a half a problem. Worse than sin is making believe you're a tzaddik and in the guise of your righteousness, messing everybody else over. And the Nitziv says, you know what the problem in the times of the second base HaMikdash was? It's the times of the second base HaMikdash. They didn't murder anyone. They didn't worship idols. They didn't commit adultery. So you would think, okay, they're better than the times of the first base of Mikdash. No, no, no. In the times of the first base of Mikdash, they were great. We knew who they were. They were murderers. So great. They're honest people. It's, a, it's an honest day's work. They come, they say, Shalom Aleichem. They come to show, I'm a Russia. Watch out. I could chop off your head. So we know exactly who they are. The guy says, look, I'm a wicked person. I bow down to idols. That's a half a problem. But in the times of the second day Samikdash, they were Oisik Batayra. They were Lamdonim. Oh, watch out for the Lamdan. Watch out for the Talmud Chacham. 
Because in the guise of his self-righteousness, he could pull a shenanigan that God detests and hates more than pure wickedness. The greatness of the Avais, says in Asiv, was the fact that they were Yesharim. Which means, he says, that even with Gentiles and even with Oibdei Avodah Zarah, they dealt with them with Chavod, with respect, and um, they dealt with them Ba'ahava, and they were concerned for their welfare. But in times of the second Beis HaMikdash, this is what the Nitziv writes. I'm not adding any editorial comments. Siv said, in times of the second Beis HaMikdash, Ruvain looked at Shimon. Shimon, the yarmulke you're wearing, the color of it, is, just, is a little bit off of the way that I hold the yarmulke should be, and therefore I paskin you're not sadoiki and you're not pikoiris, and therefore I could kill you. Shimon, you know, the, 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 the height of your shtramel is not tall enough. In by Unzura Haimesha Yidin, the shtramel here has to stand up at least eight inches off the top of the crown. Your, your shtramel only stands up seven inches, and therefore you're a heretic, you're a tzedoiki, you're an apikoiris, and it's a mitzvah to destroy you. That's what's going on in times of the second base of Mikdash. There was a lack of yashros. Are you kidding me? That's what you're concerned about? That's what you're, you're worried about? The worst sin, says Rav Jeruch, you wake up in the morning, Shalom Aleichem! How you doing? And what are you thinking? I don't care how the guy is doing. Well, I'm not even sure why I'm asking how he's doing. How's your, how's your family? You think to yourself, I don't care how this family is. Actually, right now I'm thinking is, how can I mess this guy over? So while you're greeting the person, and while you're making believe you're being nice to the person, you're thinking, I'm only greeting him because I want to look like a nice guy. And I'm only greeting him because I want to let him to let his guard down. So while he's not looking, I could steal the wallet out of his back pocket and I could destroy his life. That's what God detests. God says, don't go over to somebody and say, how you doing, Shalom Aleichem? And you don't care how they're doing. I'd rather you go over to somebody and say, I hate you, Rabbi Yid. Shalom Aleichem, I dislike you. That is better in the eyes of God than to go over, oh, Shalom Aleichem, how you doing? And you really don't care. You could care less. My son will correct me that there's no expression you could care less. You couldn't care less, right, Yudah? Thank you. So you, don't, you couldn't care less about them. I have to bring my uh, grammar expert. Right? So you don't care how the person is doing. Says the Navi Yermi, look at number 13. Like a sharpened arrow, their tongue speaks deceit. With their mouth, they speak peace to their friend. But, but, in their midst, in their insides, they're waiting to lay ambush on them. Says God, how can I not punish the Jewish people? Not because they're not being nice. I don't care if they're not nice. I don't care if they don't greet their friend. What I do care about is if they greet their friend with an empty greeting, a meaningless a shell superficiality. That has no meaning to me. God says I have to destroy them because of that. And therefore says Rav you know what we tell people to do on Tishma? To go over to their friend and go, Muh. Muh. Don't say anything. What do you mean? But you're not being nice. Better to be not nice than to be fake nice. Better to be not nice than to be a hypocrite. Better to be not nice than to be, Shamalech, I'm so happy to be at your simcha. Meaning, I can't wait until you turn around so I could run out. It's such a beautiful simcha, especially when I'm finished greeting you and I can leave. I get so much nachas from watching your children at your simcha. Actually, I don't even know who your children are. I wish you were the chassan and kala. They should build a bayah. Are you kidding me? What do you care about the chassan and kala? Cut it out. Cut out the nonsense. Cut out the sheker. Don't say a word. Better not to say a word than to have empty formality 
and then think about, spend the day thinking about to try to inject some degree of truth to the greetings that you give other people. But what about Lima Natara? Why are we telling people not to learn on Tishabav? And with this we come to really a very frightening concept. You know, in the times of the first base of Mikdash, bad stuff was going on. They were murdering people. They were committing adultery. They were bowing down to idols. How? Weren't they learning Torah? Why didn't the Torah protect them from the Yitzhahara? The Gemara in Saita says that Limara Torah, while you're learning it, and even if you're not learning it, it protects you from Yisurim, and it guards you, it, it wards off the Yitzhahara. But here's the issue. In the times of the first day of Samikdash, they were learning. There was a lot of learning. There was Daf Yoimi, Amud Yoimi, Mishnaburu Yoimi, Chafetz Chaim Yoimi, Nach Yoimi, everything. You name it, they did it. You name it, they learned it. But they weren't making a Berchah Satayra. And the Ran, Mesech Nadarim, quotes Rabbeinu Yoina, that if they weren't making, making Berchah Satayra, that means they did not value the learning as a way of connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. they were not learning Tar Lashma. They were doing it. It was interesting, it was exciting, it was stimulating, but they didn't learn Torah Lashma. Learning Torah Lashma means learning Torah because uh, the Rebbe Hashem commanded us to and this is how we connect to Him. So they didn't make Berch HaSatayra. We're about to learn a great principle that the that the Yisoyed, that Torah protects you from the Yetzer Hara is only if you learn Torah Lashma. If you don't learn Torah Lashma, it doesn't protect you from the Yetzer Hara. Now, the Gemara does tell us, and the Archaim HaKadosh uh, quotes the famous Sfira, you know, the Gemara says that someone who learns Torah Lashma, it's better if they were never born. Better if the, the mother's placenta was turned over and they never were born. On the other hand, the Gemara says, It's good to learn Shalashma, it will bring you to learn Lashma. So make up your mind, is it better that you never be created, or should you learn Shalashma, it will bring you to Lashma. So the Gemara says, and basically the Rishayim tell us, there are two kinds of Shalashma. Some people learn Torah to argue. They're learning Torah to fight with the rabbi, to fight with their wife, to fight with somebody. They're learning just to aggravate, to instigate, then they're better not being created. That kind of learning is uh, negative. However, if somebody learns Torah for honor, for respect, they want, they want people to respect them, they learn, they want to be considered knowledgeable, so that's not the highest level, but that kind of learning will eventually bring to Lishma. <coughs> you know, in Yeshiva, little kids, why do they learn? They're not they're learning to connect to Akadish Baruch. They're learning. So they're gonna get food, they're gonna get a good grade, or they're gonna get uh, spanking if they don't, whatever it is. But that's also good. <laughs> but says Arachaim Akadosh, even though it will ultimately bring to Lishma it will not protect you from the Yetzirah. Learning Torah Shaloi Lashma will not protect you from the Yetzirah. And that answer, says Archaim HaKadosh, the Gemara says that someone who learns Torah is protected from the Yetzirah. So why, why weren't they protected from the Yetzirah? Because they weren't learning Lashma. This idea is also advanced by Rebel Yol in number 18, quoting Rebel Yitzchel that only Torah Lishma protects us from the Yitzhahara. Torah Shaloi Lishma will not protect someone from the Yitzhahara. In other words, you can have two people. They're both learning. The shear is over. A temptation comes their way. One will give in and one will overcome. Why? Somebody who learns Lishma will be equipped to overcome the Yitzhahara. Someone who learns for ulterior motives will not be equipped to overcome the Yitzhahara. Says the Chidah in the Avast of it. We had a kasha. We had a question. Why was the Beis Hamikdash destroyed? 
On the one hand, the Gemara says they violated Avedazara, Gilalayah, Shvichas Daman, the big three. On the other hand, the Gemara says they didn't make Berchas HaToyra. Which one was it? Was it they were mass murderers or they skipped the bracha on the Siddur? Which one? The Chida asks another question. How could the Navi ask, you remember the Navi Yirmi asked, Alma of the Haaretz, why was the first base of Mikdash destroyed? Yeah, I wonder. Go outside. There are people mowing down, there are people, sh- you know, murderers, murdering. There are people committing Abhidah Zara. There are people committing adultery. And you want to know why the first base of Mikdash was destroyed? What kind of question is it, Alma of the Haaretz? And why do you need to give an answer? Because they didn't make Berchaz HaToyra. There's a much more severe crime. Ah, you know what the answer is? The question, Alma of the Haaretz, is we know they were murderers. We know they committed adultery. We know they bowed down to idols. But how could they be brought to such a low level? Weren't they learning Torah? Why didn't the Torah they learned protect them? How could Jews, B'nai Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, how could it be that a Jew, Bonim Lamakai, Children, descendants of the others. How could they come to such a level where they were shooting people and committing adultery and bowing down to idols? They were learning Torah. And the answer is, yeah, they were learning Torah. But they didn't make a bracha. So they weren't learning Lishma. And if you don't learn Lishma, you ain't going to be protected from the machinations of the Yitzhahara and you are prey to the Yitzhahara. That's the answer. How could they be brought to such a low level? They were not learning Torah Lishma. If you're not, you don't learn Torah Lishma, you're dead meat. And now let's take it one level further. And I remember I heard this uh, many years ago. I heard Rav Naich Isaac Obam quote Rav Yashiv, and I called him today to confirm. And I, I asked, where does Rav Yashiv say this? It's in a sefer written by Rabbi Zucker, the, the Rosh Kalal of Chicago. He quotes Rabbi Yashiv, if you, if you want to know where it is. We always think, Taira is great, it's wonderful, it's amazing. It's the best thing a Jew could do. It's the greatest mitzvah, and it is. But not always. It could also be dangerous. It could also be poisonous. It could also be deadly. Torah is not always beneficial. What? How could you say that? The Gemara tells us in Masech the Shabbos that Hashem says, Listen, I speak to kings. Shamu kinegidim adaber. Torah is compared to a king. Just like a king, says the Gemara in Shabbos number 21, could a king could kill and bring to life Divrei Torah. Torah could kill someone and Torah could bring to life. That's what Rava meant. To those who are on the right, it is an elixir of life. To those who are on the left, it's poison. What does that mean, those are on the right, those are on the left? Take a look at number 22, Gemara and Shabbos, and Gemara and Tainus. The Gemara Darshan's on the Pasuk. Ya'aroif kamatar likhi tizal katal imrasi. Anyone who learns Torah Lashma, the Torah is an elixir of life, is medicine. It's an Eitz Chayim Hilama If you learn Torah Lashma, the Torah is an elixir of life. However, if somebody learns Shaloi Lashma, Torah is poison. Huh? I thought we say, here, let a Jew learn and it'll, it will turn him around. The Gra explains as follows. Torah is like rain. Is rain good? Rain's good. You need rain. Nothing could grow without rain. Aber, it depends. Depends what's planted in the field. If wheat is planted in the field, then wheat will grow. But what if you... What if in the field is planted poison ivy? Or what if in the field... What kind, what are, give me some poisonous weeds. Milkweed? Milkweed? Um, what? Poppies. What? Poppies. Poppies? Those are poison? Okay, there you go. So, you could have poppies. You could have poison ivy. You could have milkweed, po- 
So you say, is rain good? No, not if poison, not if poisonous weeds are planted in the field, then the rain is not good. Because rain is wonderful, but it can only bring out what's already laying beneath the surface. That is why the Midah of the earth is Eretz, Emes, Me'eretz, Titzmach. You know what? The ground is called truth. Because the ground is very truthful. Whatever you plant, that's what will grow. If you plant an orange, you're not going to get a pear. If you plant wheat, you're not going to get a banana. It's a very tr- the, the land is very truthful. And therefore, rain is wonderful as long as the right things are planted. The Torah is rain. But here's the thing. It depends what's inside the neshama. If there's good character inside the neshama, if there is humility and kindness and ayin toiva and forgiving and forbearing and a good eye, then the Torah will bring out this good personality and good character in even greater form. But what if laying beneath the surface is sinna, arrogance, an evil eye, jealousy, kinna, then yeah, the, as bad as this guy was before, he'll be even worse after he learns. Torah only is like the rain, says the Gra in Mishlei. Parak Yotes, Pasuk Tes, says the Gra, Eid Shekarem Loyinaka. If one is a false witness, if within one's soul there are bad midos, there is poisonous uh, gall and wormwood planted. If, says the Gra, I want to read to you, I want to read to you inside, otherwise not going to even believe me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven line. The Hageshem Baal Lechol He says, Geshem waters all land equally. Ach but it's effective depending on the recipient. Makam Shazaruachitim, where wheat is planted, Azai then wheat will grow. Makam Shazaruas where poisonous plants are planted, Tatsmiak Samamasmachmasai, poison will grow. Achagishamim Atzmam Nikrol Oilam Rain is always good. Torah is wonderful. If you have a good heart, then you'll have more Yerah Shamayim. But if in your heart is jealousy, arrogance, a bad eye, then you will become even more arrogant, even more stingy, and have an even worse eye. The Torah is like spiritual steroids. It will only bring out what's already beneath the surface. The Gra in the Evanshim, by the way, after the Holocaust, my grandfather, was the head of the religious department of the Joint Distribution Committee, and he uh, printed Svarim for the survivors. One of the first Svarim he printed was the Evan Shlema of the Gra. And the Evan Shlema of the Gra says the following idea. There are three important Gemaras and Shas about a base hakise. About the bathroom. Bathrooms are very important. The Gemara in, in Mesech de Bracha says on Chesam Beis, on the Pasuk in Tehillim, The Gemara says on the Pasuk in Tehillim, You should daven for this. Now, the Gemara wants to know, what is the this that you need to daven for? More than, because the truth is you have to daven for everything in life. Everything you want, you have to daven. But the Gemara says, you have to daven for this. So the different perushim of the Gemara. One opinion is this, for a good wife. More than anything else, you have to pray for a good wife. This, the Gemara says, is a good uh, Torah, to be successful in Torah. To be successful, you need to more praise than anything else. This, the Gemara says that you should die a good death. Lamaves Toitzais. There are over 900 ways to go. You should have it for an easy way. Some... One opinion of the Gemara is you should daven for a Kvuras Yisrael. They should have a good burial. During COVID, some people, it was tough, you know. They had bodies just laying in mounds for uh, until they were Zechat Kvura. Somehow, my grandfather Zechat Zechat he passed away on the first day of Pesach. There was a small opening in COVID. His body was taken to Eretz Yisrael. On Cholomai, so who's going to be in the Tapel and the Kvura? 
Chasidim and Chalamay, they wear Shramlach and Chalamay. So if you, the, the people who are Metabonus Kfura were, were Chasidim with, with the proper height Shramlach. So he was Zorchet, Bakava de Kfura. But the Gemara says more than anything else, you have to dam for a respectable burial. And one opinion is, more than anything else in life, you have to daven for a good bathroom. Because you never know, you could be in the Ukraine, you could be in Poland, and at the right, when you need a base hakise, you don't, there's nothing else that you need more than a base hakise. And the Gemara's conclusion is, that's the correct opinion. More than anything in life, you need to daven for a good base hakise. I mean, that's the Gemara? That's really? You've got to be kidding, that's what the Gemara says. The most... You're saying that if somebody goes to the Kaisal HaMaravi and he comes to Davin, what should he be Mispal? He goes to Kever Rachel. You know, he goes to Davin and Kibre said, what should he Davin for? He has a Kvittel. What does it say on the Kvittel? I can't really say right now. What is it? That's one Gemara. Next Gemara. The Gemara says, the more time you spend in the base hakisei, the longer you'll live. So okay, pashup shot is you can't leave too early. You can't leave before the job is finished. Rav Miller will talk about the importance of, but really that's what the Gemara means. You should be marich in the base hakisei. In uh, another Gemara, the Gemara says, go early to the base hakisei and stay late. There's a lot of a lot of uh, emphasis on the Beis Hakisei. In fact, the Gemara says there was a certain Amoira. He came into the Beis Hamedesh. His face was shining. They said, Rebbe, are you eating Chazer? Why are you? Why, you're so... He said, no. Uh, from my house to the Beis Hamedesh, there are 18 bathrooms, and I make sure to stop off in all of them. That's the Gemara. Says the girl, what's going on over here? Why is the Talmud Bavli so fixated on the Beis Hakisei? Beis is the most important time in life. Because it's a mashal. Beis of course, the Gemara means kapshutai. By the way, the kid came home from yeshiva and he said, the father said, what did you learn? He said, I learned the more you spend in the bathroom, the longer you live. He said, I'm getting out of this yeshiva. What kind of yeshiva? The father said, no, go back there. That's the proper yeshiva. But the Gemara says it's a mashal. And the mashal is, Learning Torah is great, but it's also dangerous. Because Torah is rain. And if somebody has good personality and good midois, the Torah will bring it out even more and more. But what if beneath the surface lays dormant some bad midois and some bad character? Arrogance, jealousy, an ayinra, achzorius. Then the Torah is going to kill the person. The Torah is going to make him an even bigger Rasha. You know there's stories in the, some of the yeshivas in Europe. Yeah, tell me them. They would sit on Shabbos smoking cigarette, learning Ketzayisachoshen. That was commonplace. Well, what's going on? Why doesn't the Torah make them better? The answer is not only did the Torah not make them better, the Torah made them worse. Why? Because Torah is rain. And before you start, before you start your day learning, you have to go to the bathroom. Says the Gra, you have to be mefane. You need to defecate. Excuse the expression. You need to rid yourself of the bad character. Before a person sits down to learn, says the Gra, the same way when a person goes to the bathroom, the Gemara says, you have to be yamashmesh. Sometimes, if it's not working, you know, you have to elicit the... the... Defecation. Why? You have to be a mashmesh to make sure that you rid yourself. So too, the Gras says, before a person learns Torah, they need to examine their soul to make sure that laying in their soul are not bad character traits and bad midos and a bad personality to try to rid themselves of gaiva, of taiva, of kina, of ayinra, and all bad midos. Therefore, of all the things we need to pray for, you need to pray for a bathroom. You know what that means you need to pray for a bathroom? You need to pray for the, the ability to, tr- to attempt, to make efforts to cleanse a person's character. Otherwise, a person could, 
um, pull out of his driveway and knock his car, knock off 30 mirrors on his way to the base HaMedrash to learn the Daf HaYoyimi. After all, he would never miss a Daf. I, he just cost $50,000 of Hefzid to half of his neighborhood. So what? He doesn't even turn around. He has every cool. It's a Rav Akum, and uh, probably it's a Goy, and even if it's a Yid, the guy owes me money because I bought him an Aliyah, or I wanted to buy an Aliyah. Yeah, a person can have all kinds of Cheshbonais. So before a person learns Torah, they have to visit the Beis HaKisei. And the longer you spend in this kind of reflection, the longer you spend in the Beis HaKisei, says the Grah, the more you cleanse yourself, so then when you come to learn, you're coming with a pure soul and a pure heart, the Torah will bring out good character. Let me, let me just uh, read this to you. Take a look at number 25. Top line, left-hand side. The Torah is called an elixir of life. The Torah is also called poison. Alkane. You need to defecate one's heart. Clear out your heart every day. Before learning. And after learning. Visit the bathroom before. Visit the bathroom after. Before you learn, cleanse your character. After you learn, cleanse your character. From the cobwebs of improper attitudes. With fear of sin, and you have to investigate which midara is challenging me right now, so I could cleanse myself. Otherwise, you're in danger because when you learn, the learning will just make the midah worse. Says Rav ready for this? In the times of the first Beit Hamikdash, what destroyed the first Beit Hamikdash? Was it murder? Was it adultery? Was it idolatry? Or was it the fact that they didn't make Berchus HaTorah? The answer is, you know why they were murderers? Because they were learning. You know why they were adulterers? Because they were learning. And because they were learning, Shalai Lashma, and they didn't strive to perfect their character. That's what caused it. In the times of the second day Samikdash, they had Sinas Chinam, yeah, but they were learning. Great. Shkayach, they were learning. The learning just made things worse. It's not enough to learn. It has to be accompanied by an attempt to cleanse your character. But if it's a self-righteous learning for self-promotion, for kavod, ultimately it might come l'shma, but in the interim, it's not a type of learning that protects from the Yitzhahara. So that's a frightening idea. Learning is not always good. So the answer is, the rest of the year, we say, give it your best shot. And, and we try our best to work on our character while we learn. However, there is an idea that learning could be detrimental. And that's what happened in times of the Chorban. And therefore we tell everyone, on Tisha B'Av, better than a fake, self-righteous, hypocritical limanat Torah, close the Gemara better not to learn than to learn Shaloi Lashma that the Torah should be a son of us. The rest of the year we're not as bo- so bold to take that drastic measure. But it's important to be aware that it's, things are not always the way they seem. Not always is, oh, learning is, uh, yeah, it is the greatest mitzvah. Just like the rain. Rain is also wonderful. But Hurricane Sandy wasn't wonderful. And a tornado is not wonderful. And if you have poison planted, rain isn't good either. So Tishabav, we shut down the store. We shut it all down. We we drain the swamp on Tishabav. We drain the swamp. Don't talk to anybody. None of the phony, superficial empty niceties. Don't talk to anybody. Close your Gemara. Don't make believe you're a big tzaddik. First, let's get things straight. We have to, we have to come to the recognition of No. Tishabav, we got to drain the swamp. We have to say,
We're, we're, we're pulling away the cover. We're removing all the fake niceties. We're removing our fake learning. And we are who we are. And once we recognize with that introduction, we could start again. And we could attempt again. Shalom Aleichem. How are you doing? And you really mean it. How's your family? And we really care. And we open up a Gemara. And we, we try to use the Lima Atar as a way of elevating ourselves and perfecting ourselves. But it's worthwhile once a year. We shut down the storm. We drain the swamp. We pull away all of our fake and empty and self-righteous uh, superficialities. And we say, Shalom, let's not kid around. Let's not mask over our rishos in the guise of tzitkos. No. And with that introduction, we could begin the process of rebuilding ourselves. We know how many kinnis are there on Tisha B'Av, 45 kinnis, gematria, adam, because not only is the Beis HaMikdash the Chorban, but we ourselves are in a state of Chorban. And sometimes in order to rebuild, you know, when a building is half collapsed, oh, that building, okay, good, that building in Florida, it's half up, okay, now we'll just bring bricks and build the right side of the building. No, no, no. When a building is bechorben, you got to first bring in the demolition team. You got to knock it down and start from scratch. And that's what we do on Tisha B'Av. We got to drain the swamp and then we could hope for Binyan. You should be zoicha to see the Binyan based on Mikdash and our own re- rebuilding Bimher of Yamino Amin. If anybody wants to join us for uh, the Kinnis program on Tisha B'Av, We'll have uh, information out about uh, where and when. Be'ezus um, Hashem. We hope to see everybody. Bishalayim. Amen.